Today with Sarah McInerney. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player app. Now, in just a few weeks, students around the country will return to school or are hoping at least to return to school because this year is not like any other year. The mood is uh, very different. It's it's one of apprehension and uncertainty. So how can we best prepare in these peculiar times? Well, joining me now to discuss this further is parent, author and columnist Jen Hogan. And thank you for coming in to us this morning, Jen. Um, you were just telling me during the break there in, in terms of the uncertainty, uh, some schools are already changing their dates that you found out. Some of the parents last night just to see if anybody had any word yet and what to expect come September. And the vast majority still haven't heard anything yet from their schools as regards the finer details. Now, I know obviously the Department of Education only issued the guidelines there a little while ago. But um, for parents, we're still very much in the dark. And I think myself, I haven't heard from one of the schools yesterday, um, last night, actually. In fact, I heard from a school just to say that we wouldn't be returning on the dates planned, that we were to wait for the details. Now, I don't know if it's just being postponed a couple of days, but they needed more time to put the plans in place. So that's a little bit, uh, a bit, a little bit worrying, a little mm. bit disconcerting, and it's actually really hard to plan for back to school when we know so little at the moment. There's so much uncertainty. Um, there's so much um, up in the air and there's so much fear that things will change as things have changed so quickly over the last couple of months a few weeks um, uh, so much can change in that period so we're still waiting still hoping that we'll, they'll all get back but also still finding it incredibly difficult to prepare we don't know will they need uniforms there has been a few parents who've heard and have been told that they're to alternate maybe between the school tracksuit and the school uniform um, fresh uniform is to be provided every day that seems to be a common message coming through from those who have heard which obviously means a huge washing load, you know, an increased washing uh, load for everybody. Okay. But also you have the I hadn't problem... I thought about that. Yeah, we also have the problem then if you've got crested uniform pieces, which are hugely expensive at the best of times, and parents are now going to maybe have to provide extra crested uniform pieces, allowing for the fact that when we go into the winter, you won't get clothes dry as quickly. It's harder harder to get all the washing done. People be going back to work. There's other commitments going along with um, with school and maybe activities and homework and things like so that. Is so is that what... Because I have heard this in the ether mm. that whether or not there will be a need for uniforms in schools. And I have to say, I'd, I've never really understood why there wouldn't be. But is that it? Because you can't yeah. obviously wear the same jumper in the every day jumper, with, with the virus yeah. or, or whatever it might be. The, and that would require plenty of washing. And as yeah. a result, it might not be That practical. seems to certainly be the message that's coming from the schools. Anyway, the, um, certainly through the parents that I've heard from, the message from their school was that they would be expected to provide a fresh uniform every day. So that's why there's either a total move away from uniforms, as has been the case in some schools, or else uh, given back to the um, parents the a bit permission and the ability to, to wear whatever suits their, their laundry regime. Um, but <laughs> that is literally <laughs> that how it was put. It really? Was put like well, that. that was very <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> yes. Very dramatic. <laughs> but that's how it was so. described. Because um, I mean, there's lots of uniforms that are dry clean only, you know, mm-hmm. they can be washed in the machine, but they don't do the well in the wool machine. Jumpers, yeah. yeah. You know, and as I said, the crested uniform pieces are such a huge expense as is. So to have to buy extra pieces of those, that, that's another, it's another burden on parents. But again, nobody wants to rush out and do that because they want to know what the situation is with their school, things like school shoes. It's very hard to prepare for that. How kids will get to school is still a little bit of a problem um, for a lot of parents because they don't know the details. Will there be staggered openings and what will that mean? Will that cause actual further congregation at school gates if you have parents with numerous children who hang around until the next child can go in because we don't know how that's going to work for a lot of schools. Will it be alphabetical, which may solve some of the problems with siblings? Or will it be done by class? Will junior and senior infants go in at a certain time? Will first and second class mm-hmm. go in? We don't know, or at least a lot of parents don't know the details yet. And the buses, how will secondary school students get to work? Never mind the actual school buses. If you think the, the regional buses or Dublin bus, for example, I'm thinking my own um, children who use Dublin bus to get to their secondary school. Obviously, there's reduced capacity. There's huge, huge numbers um, use the buses during peak times and during term time. 
um, how's that going to work out with students? Are they actually going to be able to get on the bus? Because you'd hear that an awful lot about um, buses passing by full and, and they can't get on. And obviously we can't have overcrowding again. So do we have any indication when we're expecting to get any of the answers to this? Hopefully. I, I think, I mean... Certainly from, again, if I look at my own experience, there's a lot of par- um, our, our own schools have indicated we might know something this week. But a lot of parents have said that they're left in the dark and there's been a few of them who've mentioned that they have children, say, with special needs and they can't prepare their children at all because they don't want to say to them, this is going to be the situation and then have to correct it a week later when they get the details then. But there is very little information coming through in terms of the finer details to us, I suppose, as parents and major stakeholders in this whole thing, because Mm. we need to prepare our children. They've been six months out of school at this stage. That's a huge portion of our young lives. I have um, a child who's due to start school himself in September. He's become quite anxious over the over the, um, the course of uh, lockdown and the restrictions. And six months, I suppose, out of his life, it's huge. It's very hard to prepare him when I don't know what lies ahead. I don't know what the first day will look like. I don't even know who his teacher's going to be. And as I suppose pointed out, maybe the teacher hasn't been recruited yet. That could be a possibility. It might be why we don't know. Not sure, but we're still all facing, facing that. And as you say, if you have uh, children in different schools, you yeah. know, maybe a younger school and primary and secondary or Montessori or whatever it might be along the stages, if there's staggered opening times that could cause big complications for parents in terms of Mm. going to work and you know you have to drop Johnny here at 8 o'clock but you have to you know whatever it might be um, won't be as simple as it being a a standard opening time and knowing that that's your time to drop off um, drop your children off and if you have um, I suppose like I'm looking at myself I've got four children who'll be in primary school I've heard from one parent who mentioned that her school has confirmed there will be staggered opening times and some of the schools may not open until half nine or later certainly in her situation that was the case then she has children in another school like myself and she's wondering how, like how she's supposed to work around that. We will, we will have a similar situation. How do, how do I actually start work when I have to get all these children to different places at the same time? And again, at the school gates, will, will you have a situation if you're like me, my children really live close enough to the school, they can walk to school. What about if you have children, you have to drive to school, you're not going to drop a child, go away and come back. There's going to be, there's going to be gatherings and that would worry me. You see it actually, you know, the Christmas holidays and the summer holidays when the junior and senior infants finish earlier. The collection time is always chaotic and I can see that happening. I'd be a little bit fearful about that. So what can we do then as parents to try and prepare in the absence of information? Because I suspect actually we're not the only ones who don't have any information. Mm -hmm. I suspect the reason it's not there is because it's not decided on yet. The schools are still deciding. I'd say parents, sorry, teachers even don't have an an awful Mm -hmm. lot of information, I would guess. Um, Is there anything we can do to try and prepare our kids and ourselves in the, in the absence of all that? Well, I suppose, if, again, looking back, how this is my seventh child now to start school and I'm thinking back of the different things that I'd have done beforehand and how I prepare, how I plan to prepare this little fella and as well as that, the ones who've been out of school for six months. And it's about trying to maybe instil some of the, the good habits again. In my house, certainly, uh, Act to ac- access to um, electronics and devices and consoles as uh, is out of control and the children are a bit feral at this stage. So it's a case <laughs> of trying to, to rein that back in again. I think, um, we, well, certainly I started uh, over the last few days trying to um, control a bit more their time, their access to it, because it was very much a case of needs. Most over the course of the last few months, I was trying to work. Their dad was an essential worker, so he still went out all the time to work every day right through lockdown. So it was me, the seven of them. And the console. <laughs> that was the only thing that got me through. But but it had does have I mean needs there's a must, reason. You know? It needs must absolutely and there's a reason that we're encouraged not to um not to have our children on these consoles and on playing the games too often. And you can see that there's a lot of us feeling that and seeing that at the moment. So I'm very much working at trying to get them off those again and trying to reduce their time more in line with the sort of access they'd have during term time um, and try to get my kids back and get them back used to doing a few different things again. The bedtimes as well is another thing I'm working on reining in, all in the hope that they will be going back near enough the day that they're due back. 
um, which again is something that's kind of gone to pot and, and certainly from speaking to a lot of parents that's something that they've they've also highlighted that they're struggling to get the kids down and I the, the routine the structure the nothingness of a lot of our days even yeah. even though we, we do have our, obviously a degree of freedom back it's still very different to the way things were so trying to get that bedtime routine back again which has literally was, I have I've ended up nearly going backwards in time going back to doing the sort of things I did when they were very young move, moving it back we're, I don't know can I say we've made huge progress yet but <laughs> last night they were asleep by 11 so I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking all the wins where I can oh, it was still yesterday at the time so I'm taking a win where I can uh, um, Lots of people texting about the uniform People very upset about this, and perhaps people who, like myself, didn't really understand what the what the reasoning was mm. behind it, and are just realizing now what it might be. Uh, one person says such nonsense about a French fresh uniform every day. Uh, another person says has consideration been given to a house coat being worn over clothing that's easy to wash and it's inexpensive too per child. It's an interesting suggestion. Mm. Um, another person saying have just spent a fortune on a uniform. No way can it be washed daily. This is ridiculous. Um, I can see that becoming a real I bone of contention with. Absolutely. And I'd like, I don't, will we see it actually come into practice? Like, you know, mm. we may be advised to do this, but whatever and, good intentions. Sorry, just to be clear, have you got advice from one of your schools or has, have you one, heard? One of my schools hasn't, but uh, has not advised me on schools, but I have been sent emails from schools by parents okay. with the details. So I've seen the emails so some where this has been said, this has this. actually been advised by, and as I said, the laundry regime was actually used as the description, um, whatever fits your laundry regime. So it has actually, I have actually received those. My own school hasn't advised yet. That's, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Do I buy school shoes? Even things like that. Do I go out, especially when you're buying as many as I am. Um, so I'm, I'm holding off to see what it is but I'm expecting it will be similar seen as I've seen these other emails and that seems to be the delay and it seems to be a kind of common advice that's been given across the, the board. The problem is it makes sense. Isn't that the problem? It does make sense. You know, you I know. Mean, uh, as much as we all hate the sight of the washing machine yeah. in the middle of December and trying to get the clothes dry yeah. if you're having kids in school all gathering together and indoors and not ventilated in the middle of December certainly, you know, if you want to be safe, maybe that's the way to go. Anyway, we'll look, we'll hear what the advice is. I'm, I'm no medical expert, but you can see where, where it might be coming from. Um, just in relation to Montessori kids, then I know that your youngest and seventh child, as you said, he's going to be starting big school in, in a few weeks. Um, but he, he missed out on some practical stuff in Montessori, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, so I suppose he, again, you know, the transition period, it's been huge. A lot of children have missed out on the same for the sixth class going through to first year. Um, all the kind of preparing, can you manage your coach yourself? Can you, you know, the, the lunch boxes? Because that's the sort of thing I suppose, I'm working at on home at on home with him at the moment. We've gone back to you know we, we I was saying um, that we we got into the habit of hot lunches. Now that suggests it was all these very nutritious things. I just I just mean there was heated in the microwave. Right. Maybe you're warmed up. <laughs> I'm not losing the run of myself here pretending I'm the more than I am. But um, I suppose I'm getting back into the habit of giving the sort of lunches that they will have in school, making sure he can open his lunch boxes, beaker, get his coat on and off. And so the sort of small practical things that he's going to need, and that I'm imagining because of even though I know they say with younger children we won't have social distancing, but even the times that we're in anything that he can do independently and the more he can do for himself I'm trying to help and encourage him with those things because he did miss out on that transition period between Montessori and starting. Um, just finally then Jen there's a yeah. lot of anxiety I think um, among some people not all certainly but some people about returning to school um, and, and children some children certainly feeling anxious about uh, about all of that what tips and advice would you give to parents in, in relation to managing that? Oh, well, I suppose I um, haven't seen it before maybe with some of the my older children I'm seeing it definitely with my youngest child at the moment he is very worried I'm, I'm kind of giving him the chance to I'm um, addressing those worries rather than just dismissing it and saying ah look it'll be grand it'll be grand I'm talking through it with him we've gone back to doing say the familiar 
walk by the school again because he'd have seen it so often in the past with his older siblings. Going, this is where you're going, very much kind of positive talk, but at the same time addressing all the concerns and letting him know he is quite concerned about the coronavirus, even though he's come from a house that's cautious but not anxious. So he's not hearing it all the time, but he has become very much aware of all that he sees around him in the shops, the yellow signs of COVID. He knows it's a reassuring that the teachers in the schools are going to be doing everything they can to keep him and his friends safe and we're all going to wash our hands and we're all going to be looking after stuff and, and talking to him about those concerns rather okay. than, as I said, just dismissing them and brushing them under the carpet. OK, well, thank you so much for joining us with that and, and we might be talking to you again maybe closer to the time when there's a little more clarity in what's happening. But for now, author and columnist Jen Hogan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Do stay with us because up next we're going to be talking to Darina Allen and JP McMahon. They're going to be sharing their favourite veggie recipes. Today with Sarah McInerney on RTE Radio 1.